listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Barron, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Barron's 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. Hey, all right. Welcome back to the Tactical Kitchen Show. (laughs) Well, we're back to doing Monday. We're back on a Monday, and we kind of got off schedule there for... For months. (laughs) For months. So last week we did put one out on Thursday. Well, it was actually more than a week ago. Yeah, it wasn't last week because I was gone last week. Right. And that's why we didn't do Thursday. So now we're just back to Monday, which seems to fit our schedule the best. So we'll just probably stick with Mondays. We're going to stick with whenever we do it. Whenever we we do it. Whenever we get around to it, we'll do one. I like to be consistent. For well, people, so they know when it's coming. Consistency is key with podcasting and with working out and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's okay. good to be. Yeah, it's good to be consistent. Um, now, the time of day that they get set out there on a Monday is random. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on. It's after, I will tell you this, it's after morning workout and coffee and food. So Right, all those come first. That's actually what's first. Yeah, yes. I don't think I could do a podcast before coffee or working out. Mm-mm. No way. Not before coffee, for sure. Mm-mm. No. Well, so, we have a couple of things we're going to talk about today. Um, we'll just tell you. So, if you want to hang around, you can. If you don't, fine. Beat it. We get it. <laughs> we're not interested. So, yeah. So, we've, we've got some things we want to we want to go over because uh, we have changed one or two things that we're doing. One of them is, is going to talk about dairy. Right. A few things about dairy. I went back and actually listened to a couple of our podcasts when we were not doing dairy because I was like, what have we done? So I had to go back and listen to what we've actually done. And I thought there was a few things we need to clarify about dairy. Mm -hmm. And so we'll talk about that. And then, uh, of course, we'll tell you a little bit about what we've done for this week and for working out. And another thing is concerning the dawn phenomenon, which right on cue. If anybody ever watched, was it Sesame Street? Yeah, phenomena. Do, 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 do. But that's not what they said. But yeah. that's what I hear when you say phenomena. Do, do, it was do, the do. little aliens, wasn't it? They were. <laughs> I don't know what they were. They also yeah. do the yeah. Yeah, it's the alien guys. I don't know what they are, but they got the big mounds and they're hilarious. Yes. So if you don't know what we're talking about, if it's out of your cultural reference, go look up Sesame Street. The yep 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 aliens. I don't know. And if you don't know, and you look it up and you watch it, you'll be like. What the hell are these people watching? <laughs> Why are they talking about Sesame Street? So, where do you want to start? Uh, well, we can start talking about dairy. We can. I kind of thought, I shouldn't have even asked you, because I kind of thought we would talk about exercise, but that's later. So, dairy. Dairy it is. Here we go. Well, I, I can I can exercise and drink dairy at the same time. <laughs> that's a bad choice. Milk was a bad can choice. Can you imagine, like, going on a long run and putting... Well, that's how milk... That's how cheese happened. Well... If you the people put milk in a, in a satchel, in a sack, it was actually a stomach. In case people don't know where cheese came from, this is a little bit of food history for you. 
People would put milk from an animal into the stomach of a uh, that they used as a pouch. They would dry out the stomach of an animal and put it in the pouch and travel with it. And the shaking around in the pouch turned it to cheese. Why? Because the stomach is lined with uh, an enzyme called rennet. And it would turn the milk to cheese. And then they got to where they were going, try to drink the milk, and it was chunky, and it was cheese. There you go. Food history. But they did it anyway. They ate it. A, sa- a sane person now would just throw it down and go, that's gross. <laughs> but, but. No, an entitled person would do that. But someone who does, not have, store. does not have anything else to eat is like, well, I guess I'm doing this. I'm going to eat this lumpy milk. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the way they discover most foods, like snails and lobsters or whatever they're like well i guess i'm eating this because i'm hungry (laughs) well i always think about it with like fruits and vegetables we're getting off track we'll get back on track hang with us (laughs) so i always think about this with like herbs and berries and things like that for foragers and Uh be like yeah i think it's edible you know you tell caveman bob over here sure yeah i think so he eats it he dies and you go back and you're like don't eat that don't eat those (laughs) bob died bob died We're so sad for Bob. Someone had to do this. Somebody had to die. And essentially, that's what it is. Someone had to basically die to figure out what you could or could not eat. Yeah, I know they watched. You had to have watched animals a lot. What are the animals eating? Right. What are they skipping past? Um, that was probably pretty helpful. But yeah, I'm sure if a couple of caveman bobs or, you know. Well, and it's the same thing with dairy. Or Larry's. Dairy. dairy. So some guy was standing there and he watched a baby calf start sucking on those Teeth. udders. And go, I want some of that. I'm really hungry. I'm really hungry. You know, I'm willing to try this right now. Oh, God. If there would have just been social media at that time, we would know how this all happened. <laughs> well, what did the other people think of him? Or whoever weirdo. whoever it was that did it. You know, he's, weirdo. They're like, what is he doing? Oh, my God. That's so gross. And then somebody Let's was stone like, him to you death. know what we could do instead? Use your hand. Hey, have you tried using your hand instead of your mouth? <laughs> oh, that's a way better idea. <laughs> That's so gross. I can't. Let's stop. So these are random thoughts that you have to have about food, really, because (laughs) how we've gotten to where we're at. Eating meat is easy to figure out, you know, but the milk and the, you know, the eggs. Who was like, yeah, let's crack open that egg and eat what's inside of it. (laughs) You know, just stuff like that. You're like, how did we? Okay. So dairy. (laughs) So so dairy. Anyway. Yeah. uh, Dairy. So we stopped doing dairy. How long ago was that? Was that okay? So we stopped doing dairy in July of 2019. Okay, we yep. did because I, I I've got it all down in my head. Here. Right, and I did it because I was having knee problems that I could not resolve. Right, and, and I did it because I'm just a follower. Well, you you know, it's kind of those things. Like if if I'm doing it, you're doing it. If you're doing it, I'm doing it. It's kind of the way it goes. Right. And we also talked about bef- our dairy that we were buying raw milk at had sold all their dairy cows yep. for some beans. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they sold- oh, that was a good one. That was a Thank good. Thank you. I'm now. I will be doing stand up from now on. I'm switching careers. Um, so they sold all their dairy cows, and we were like, well, we just kind of like quit buying the raw milk, and we can't buy pasteurized milk at the store. We're going to get into that in a minute. We were still using heavy cream from the store, the pasture, ultra-pasteurized heavy cream, and yep. then low-temp pasteurized when we, could, uh, when we could obtain that and find that at certain grocery stores. But um, we just decided to get it out of our diet and see what happened. 
And the results were actually really good. They were. Um, they For you, your knee just like cleared up almost immediately. Within 24 hours, I did not have the same, uh, you know, restrictions on it. I mean, basically it was mobility and pain. Within 24 hours, that subsided. And within three days, it was completely gone. Right. And for me, I would say that the thing I noticed most was I dropped weight pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I did I did drop about 10 pounds pretty fast. Well, I and I can't say it was 100% dairy because we also went to a, a time-restricted feeding window. We did too many things at once. We did way once. too many things at once, which is pretty much what we always do. So what are you going to do? Right. So we did go to the time-restricted feeding window where we were eating basically between 11 and 4, mm-hmm. uh, 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. And then we cut dairy, and we were doing two workouts a day. Everybody knows if they listen. There were times when my sleep was fine, times when my sleep was really shoddy. It was it was really all over the map. There were times when I, my insomnia was getting the best of me during that time, and that was probably overtraining. Um, I can't blame the diet for that, any aspect of the diet for that. That was just specifically I was doing too much for my body at the time without taking rest weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, why are we talking about dairy? Well, we've reincorporated dairy. Yep. And there's a couple, and then we bring this up because there, there's a couple points we want to make about what's different now. Exactly. And the first thing is it's a different cow. Yeah. And that's really interesting. You actually brought that up. And I had thought about it before, but I never really paid too much attention to it. The cows we were getting milk from. Um, previously were Jersey cows and the cows at the farm we go to now are Swiss brown cows and it's a different it's a different milk it's a different breed of cow it's um, primarily what they would call a2 milk so you get different proteins in milk and this one has a higher fat content as well so what we've noticed is less inflammation or no inflammation really with drinking this dairy right. versus even the Jersey cow raw milk, which is kind of a mix of A1, A2 for some cows. And that's getting into like, how do I really know? I don't. I, I just know what, what I get on information from Google right. <laughs> right. about these cows. Well, the, so, and, and the, a big point to make is, so how much dairy am I drinking? So I'm drinking usually two glasses a day. Well, not everybody is a full-grown man. Right. Well, But that's a lot. It is a lot. When, when you're going from none to two glasses a day, that's a lot. I'm going to say when he's meaning glasses. So Yeti cups that are like the 20-ounce cups, <laughs> he's drinking two of those pretty much. It's a lot of milk. And yeah. I don't have any issues. Like there is no inflammation. There is no restriction in the movement of my knee. Uh I don't feel anything. Now, that could be a couple of things. It could be that we've taken enough time off from dairy that that my body has or you know has healed itself and I don't have the same reaction because uh, maybe my gut doesn't leak the same. Because we talked about doing some uh, L-glutamine to mm-hmm. heal the gut kind of things. Um, so there, there could be multiple things going on. Again, there's never one explanation uh, for, for most things, but it could be one or the other. It, it, it could be just the difference in the breed of cow. Right. It could be 100%. the difference in the breed of cow or my body is now healed better or healed more and yeah. it's not having the same reaction to the proteins. Exactly. And when we talk about L-glutamine, so that's one of the things that we started adding in is a serving or a scoop. It's about three grams 
of L-glutamine around a workout because number one, it's helpful with uh, building muscle after a workout. So if you don't work out, you, and if and one aspect of this is there is evidence in some of the research that L-glutamine can be not good for someone who has uh, cancer. So you do want to do some research on that, and that's like a whole other podcast. But if you don't have cancer um, L- and you have a leaky gut, L-glutamine is good for healing a leaky gut as well as for after or post-exercise muscle healing. So it is a good thing to add. We just get it in a powdered form and add it to a drink. It's tasteless. There's no flavor to it. So. Yeah, I, I was just throwing it in my uh, electrolyte drink, like after a workout, just throw mm-hmm. a scoop in there. So you don't even notice you're, you're, you're drinking it, but there are some healing properties. So that could be part of the equation when, when we talk about while dairy is not having the same, uh, I'm not having the same issues with dairy as before. Right. So, and we also started not just, I drink the milk too, but I usually save mine for the evening because that could also be what's helping with my sleep because it's a small amount of carbs, but it's still quite a bit of fat. Um, And I save that for my kind of evening treat, my Mm -hmm. my nighttime milk. (laughs) And um, so I do that pretty much every, every single night. And then we've started adding in the raw heavy cream to our coffee Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I've just not experienced anything negative from it, except for I might have gained a little bit of weight back, but it's not its not anything that I'm terribly worried about. Right, and that's the biggest knock on dairy is weight gain. Right. Like, you always hear, especially on the vegan side, people say, like, you shouldn't drink something that's made to make a cow grow big and fat. Oh, okay, whatever, dude. Um, so that's the biggest thing, and that, and that could be, uh, you know, causing weight gain in some people. It can. I mean, it could. It could be also, let's be honest, my activity level went down. I cut out one workout a day. That's five workouts a week that I cut out because I've tried to dial back intensity to let my body do whatever it needed to do so I could get my sleep all back on track, which has really helped. And now periodically I will do two workouts a day, but I've kind of changed how I do things. Mm -hmm. That could be a big impact on my sleep versus, you know, anything else. But the milk, I think, helps. I didn't mean sleep. I meant weight. That could be an impact on my weight is the reduction of activity. Um, So, you know, I mean, everybody has to test it for themselves. If you are in a position where, you know, you need to lose quite a bit of weight, then maybe adding milk isn't a good choice for you. But sometimes people can add, still add cheese because there's no lack, there's no milk sugars left in that. And some people do just fine on that. Mm -hmm. Every individual is absolutely different. No. And there also is a additional benefit of drinking dairy in the time of coronavirus. I thought, and I don't know that we've mentioned this before. I'm not 100% sure, but I think we did. On a, on a previous podcast before we took a long, long break. Um, <laughs> but the IgG in the immunoglobulins, immunoglobulin, I hate saying that word. Globulins? I know. It's so, it gets tied up in my mouth somehow. It's almost like you're speaking German. I know. Globulins. <laughs> you just say it because you're better <laughs> at it. So anyway, the IgG in the cow's milk actually can help bind to viruses now, I'm not saying they bind to the coronavirus, 
But what they do know in research is that it can bind to even any even the virus, the RSV virus for infants. So mother's milk, cow's milk, raw. Um, probably is for cow's milk would be your best bet. But they the studies were done with grass-fed whey protein. So, you know, even with a pas- with a processed product like which I consider protein powders processed for sure. But even with a product like that, they were successful in binding to viruses and in, and keeping them from basically developing in the human body, which is so cool. Yeah, it's super interesting. And that, you know, goes to a point of people that uh, they found a, a study that I, I read earlier about uh, people that eliminated dairy, they had a less diverse microbiome. And everybody always hears about you got to have the diverse microbiome. And we've talked about that before, how, mm-hmm. how how proven really is that because microbiome research is so new. But uh, saying that people that uh, remove dairy, you know, they just didn't have that diverse microbiome to be healthy. That's interesting because I know even within our community, there's a lot of poo-pooing dairy. I get it. Oh, we've poo-pooed it before. I know. I mean, we're so (laughs) wishy-washy. Well, that goes back to, this is our journey. We're just telling you what we did. We're not wishy-washy. We just try stuff. So, you know, it is interesting that different people, I think a lot of it even will go back to genetics or your family history uh, like really deep ancestral history. I don't know, but I know a lot of things stem from a leaky gut. Mm-hmm. So that my, microbiome issue is a big deal. If your intestines are, you know, full of holes, you're going to have issues with probably more than just dairy. And, you know, it's something to really work on, which can be done pretty easily with, I would say, a carnivore diet. A carnivore diet. <laughs> because if you have a, a, a gluten allergy, right? Yes. Then you probably don't you have a problem with dairy probably. Yes, because the gluten and the 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 lactose, the milk proteins, those are going to be really identical in your digestive system. Your immune system's going to flag them the same and they're, you know, it's going to probably give you the same reaction if you eat gluten, any kind of gluten product like bread. Um, and then if you drink milk, you might have the same reaction. Mm-hmm. If it's whether it's eczema or you break out in some sort of rash or digestive issue, it's probably going to look really similar. Yep. And you know, I used to always drink milk as as a kid, and, and even in high school, um, one of my breakfasts, you know, when high school was always a peanut butter jelly sandwich and a big glass of milk. That was breakfast. Yeah. That's what I ate. And so, uh, you know, having that milk and then usually I'd go to school and work out. That's, you know, first period was usually football. So mm-hmm. um, I never made cheese, however. Um, <laughs> you didn't carry it in a camelback. And- but, but, you know, doing that and th- that's a really good uh, morning beverage because it's fat and protein and just a little bit of carbs. Right. For, especially for a young person. So we were talking before we came on about the dawn phenomenon and how yes. that affects people and how... People need to be aware in the morning how your body reacts when you first get up and what's going on. Well, you know, when I, I have experience the, with clients and with this issue because it's something when they start, the first thing I tell a client to do, your best tool that you can get if you're going to do this keto diet or any diet is a blood sugar monitor and especially one that has a ketone meter with it, like a keto mojo, which is what we use. 
And you're the reason why is because being able to test where your body's at with blood glucose and ketones is really helpful to see how the food is um, working with your body in real time. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a real time test. You don't have to go to the doctor. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to get out of your house. You just prick your finger, take the test, see where you're at. It, it might not be 100% accurate all the time. There's probably a margin of error, but it's not much. Mm-hmm. So I get up this morning and, you know, doing a carnivore, more carnivore diet, um, I have noticed that uh, ever since we've been keto and we've gotten the keto mojo and then we, even when we went carnivore, my blood sugar runs a bit high in the morning right when I wake up. This morning it was 102, mm. which was actually pretty high. And my ketones were 0.1. My blood sugar is always around 98 to 102 in the morning when I first get up. Always. Right. So it was interesting because um, I, I, I know what the dawn, the dawn phenomenon, if you don't know, it's just this um, mechanism your body has to spare glucose in the morning. In the morning, and if you want to read more about this, you should get Ben Beckman's book, Why We Get Sick, because he talks about this. In the morning, we all know, or maybe you don't know, cortisol is what wakes us up. So around that 5, 5.30 time frame, your cortisol starts to go up. You know, if you sleep at night, this is different for different people, obviously, mm-hmm. because of your your schedules. But let's say you go to bed at a normal, like, 10, or 10 o'clock. At 5 or 5.30, maybe, your cortisol starts to rise, and that's what wakes you up from sleep. Well, that also drives glucose into the bloodstream because that's what cortisol does. And at that time in the morning when you eat a lower-carb diet especially, you're going to notice that your blood sugar is higher because you are pushing glucose out into the bloodstream. And it's just a really interesting mechanism the body has because if you look at it from an ancestral man perspective, you would have been getting up and probably having to go find food. Right. So you need this energy, this quick acting energy, because what if you have to run from the food you're looking for? (laughs) What if it comes after you? Well, you're going to have to run to catch it. That was pretty much a given. So that that activity in the morning is something that, as as you know, modern humans, um, some people have gotten away from, and it's important to get that activity in the morning. But it doesn't have to be a 30 minute steady state cardio or or 60 minutes of cardio. It can be five, 10 minutes of activity just to get to, you know, to activate those systems and you go on about your day. Yeah, because, you know, what I noticed was after we, we went for a run this morning mm-hmm. and um, I got, I'll just give myself a plug, I got my three miles in without stopping. It was slow as mud going up a hill, but I got it done. And when we got back from the run, I retested. My blood sugar was 84. My ketones were 0.8. Yes, 0.8. And, you know, that's because the dawn phenomenon, I used up that blood sugar. My blood sugar regulated, and then it got it went to a normal state. And that's what it does with the dawn phenomenon. It's higher in the morning, and then it starts to decrease. And that's a really good time when we talk about exercise to do something. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I did the same thing. I ran three miles at a pretty, pretty uh, easy pace. And uh, when I came back, though, the only thing different I did was I did a calisthenic circuit, just pull ups, push ups, dips, and so, and an, an ab, you know, workout. Three rounds probably took me, you know, 10, 15 minutes, whatever it was. 
and my blood sugar was was still 102. Well, I figured that I, I, when we looked at that, my assumption is just that you did a little bit more intense activity. You pushed some of your glycogen stores out, or you were in the middle of maybe replenishing glycogen stores. Right, because everybody knows when you work out, your body dumps some glycogen. That, that, some glycogen, so you can replenish. That's what it does. Yeah. And and your blood sugar is always lower than mine anyway. Right. It just seems like that's that's the norm, and that's a good point to make because people shoot for specific numbers uh-huh. because that's what they're told by their doctor or told by some goofball on a podcast like me that you got to be uh, at a certain you know level or a certain number and that's not always true we're, we're individuals so what might be normal for you is not going to be normal for somebody else right and you know it's just really good to have a tool like we mentioned the keto mojo because then you get that you start gathering this data and this data will help you know what is your normal not how to compare yourself to somebody else but to compare yourself to yourself so that when things do go a little haywire you'll you can realize that oh that's a little abnormal for me because you can't compare it I can't compare myself to Steve and he can't compare himself to me but I can look back at my own blood sugar and ketone readings and know, okay, this is normal or this is different, and I can see how food is affecting me. Mm-hmm. It's such a good tool. Or how exercise or over-exercise is affecting Over-exercise, yeah, because one, one of the key indicators is when you overtrain is, is poor sleep. Right. So and it's just poor recovery, and, and that's, a, that's one of those snowball effects because if you're training harder and not recovering as well, Eventually, there, there's a crash going to happen, whether it's an injury or a, a sickness. You know, we talk about all the time with professional athletes <laughs> uh, how how they have uh, compromised immune systems sometimes because they work out so hard. Well, it's also because they, they eat a high carb diet. That's another thing. So, right, and that makes a difference. Um, the one thing that I was going to say about um, what was I going to say? I had it. I lost it. Oh well. Um, what are you going to do? Look know. up. Is it up there? I don't know. <laughs> so, so there's a lot to uh, you know, kind of digest and unpack on that. But the main point is that you have to know your numbers. I remembered what oh, I was going to say. I know she 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 was holding her finger up like she's <laughs> I number <got> one. It. <laughs> no, I've got it. <laughs> I did remember what I was going to say. The one thing that this dawn phenomenon really helps us to understand. And again, I'm plugging. Ben's book because it's really good. Um, in the dawn phenomenon is a time when you are most insulin resistant. And since your blood sugar is already a little elevated and you're most insulin resistant in the morning, this is the really best time to start with fats and proteins. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at a keto or a carnivore diet, especially when people start getting into the, hey, don't don't I need to do a carb up? Well, don't do it in the morning because according to how your body works, this is the time when you're going to pack on the most fat because it's going to take a lot more insulin for you to clear your blood glucose, you know, to clear those carbs from your system than it would if you were to say, wait until the evening to have them in your evening meal when you're most insulin sensitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's a you know a whole different point when we talk about uh, people who are trying to lose weight and people who are trying to perform. Mm-hmm. Different types of people, you need to know who you are and what your goals are. That's going to determine what your protocol is for how you do this. 
You know, if right. you're if you're a performance athlete and you're looking for that, you know, uh, high glucose levels, then you're going to determine when you eat those carbs. Um, you know, are, are you going to train low, low carb, and then perform high, high carb? How are you going to do that? If you're just in this for weight loss, then you need to always know that the lower insulin you have, the more weight you're going to lose. Right. And we know that the one macronutrient that never raises your insulin is fat. Mm -hmm. And I know you can't just eat fat, although it's kind of fun. Um, But you, you know, protein, fatty proteins, those are, those are the things that are going to keep you most insulin sensitive. Yep. If you try to eat a lot of fat, you'll notice it's, it's not easy. Uh, Making sure that you're always keeping up your protein. Those are the two things you got to have. We know this protein and fat. And then, you know, there's, there's naturally a little bit of carbs that you're going to take in. It's just like we talk about milk. There's a little yeah. bit of carbs in there. In, even even in an egg, sometimes you're going to find that there's like in some uh, databases, there's going to be a carb mm-hmm. in eggs. Right. So, you know, there's going to be trace carbohydrates, even in muscle meat, because, okay, I'm going to say something that I thought about not long ago now. We store glycogen in our muscles. So do animals. Right. <laughs> they do so, that too. So, you know, you might get a trace carb here and there from muscle meat or something like that. Yeah. And that's that's not a big deal. No. Um, you know, because your body needs glucose. Right. What but you want to do is you want your body to have to create glucose through like gluconeogenesis. Take those non-essential amino acids, make the glucose that you need and use it. Or, and, and take fat and use fat for energy. That's what you want your body to do. Uh, feeding it a high-energy food constantly is just going to make you fat. Right. And I did. I, I loved in the book, Why We Get Sick, um, the pointing out that in the breakfast, in the fa- uh, food industry, and this is so true because bakeries, packaged foods, cereals, everything. Bagels. Bagels, <laughs> which is what I used to eat every single morning. Like for two years, I ate a bagel. Every single morning. Nonstop? You ate a bagel every... At, two at, years nonstop, you ate a bagel. It's I a had, big bagel. <laughs> every morning I had bagels for breakfast for like two <laughs> years when I was a vegan. It was awful. Oh, geez. Um, so, but what I was going to say is the food industry, There, it, Bickman says this, there's not another industry that has shoved more sugary foods into our faces than, you know... The food industry, at the time when we're most insulin resistant, Mm -hmm. that's where the most sugary foods are pushed. Think cereal, toast, juice. And the Uh, busier you get, the more you consume those. That's the the catch is if you're a busy person, you're grab and go in the morning. Oh, yeah. You're eating that bagel. So, yeah, bagels, Pop-Tarts, bowls of cereal... Um, all those things that just they're not going to do you any good. No, they're they're just not foods. They're mm-hmm. not right. And um, but you know, I, it's just one of those things that it's helpful to know how your body works so that you know why you're eating. When people started telling me at first, you need to eat protein and fat in the morning, and now knowing why you need to eat that in the morning is very helpful. So when I first when we first started on this journey, learning why you need to do things at a certain time was really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, because otherwise, you know, I was never a bacon and eggs person in the morning, and now I'm I'm, I'm a fat coffee person. I like that, and if I'm gonna eat something, I I sure would like bacon and eggs. I can do that. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I was a cereal person for 
ever. That's what you ate for breakfast was cereal. Mm. And we all know that's not good. Right. But we have a little bit kind of of an announcement to kind of transition into. We do. Something that we're going to do. I'm a little nervous to tell this. <laughs> <laughs> so so we've, we've talked to a publisher and we're working on a carnivore meal plan cookbook. Yeah, there's no working, um, <clears throat> there's not a lot of information to give right now. Um, but we do have contracts signed and we are um, writing a book. Yeah. I never thought I would say this. And here's the thing. I thought all of my life, and I even have it written down in really, really old notebooks. I was going to write a bakery book. Oh. I was going to write a baking book. I was going to write a cookbook for pies and cakes and things like that. <laughs> I never in my life would have thought that I would be writing a book about just eating meat. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's so funny because... It's not at all. I said 10 years ago, and I have this written down, that I was going to write a cookbook, but I had no idea where my life was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, like you said, it's not a, it's not a, uh, a done deal. It's not published. Of course, we're working with the publisher, so if whatever we do... They could say they don't yeah. like it, and they can, yeah, they they can, be can like, ax the whole thing. These people are crazy. You're done. But hopefully... Uh, if we do a good enough job with what we know and put it together well, we'll have a book published that we can have out there. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that, and we'll we'll keep you posted about the developments there and when we can tell, tell you things. And we'll complain about it here and there probably. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> um, but we look forward to doing that. It's really exciting mm-hmm. and ho- hope that it helps somebody. That's the main thing because there was – there's a lot of information out there about nutrition, and there's a lot of good information and a lot of bad information, and we just hope we can be a part of the good information. And, and that's the goal, to get out our message in this. Right. What, what, we, what we have found that works and feel that works for a lot of people, and get that message out there, hopefully, to help someone. Exactly. Other than that, um, yeah, we got I'm a, done. we got a meeting here in a little while, so they get organized. Yep. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for this week's episode. We really appreciate you guys listening. Yeah. And if you feel like it, you could go leave us a review on iTunes. That's always helpful. And you know what? I'm going to, in the show notes, I'm going to give you guys the link to the study about the milk um, just so you can read it for yourself. Because I think it's helpful to get the information into your hands so you know what I was reading and what Steve was reading and where we got our information from. Right. Okay, so uh, go out there, eat fat, and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Tasco Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to vtkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com. <laughs>